everyone, welcome back to Melissa Melissa Podcast. As always, I am your host, Melissa. You guys, thank you so much for joining me this week's um, episode. I have so much to tell you guys, and I'm very excited yet nervous. Um, I also want to let you guys know this is a solo episode, so I hope I don't bore you with monotone voice. <laughs> it has been a while since I've done an episode by myself without any, you know, guests, because season two has been mainly guests. So I just can't wait for you guys to hear my story on grief and hope. So I can't wait for that because, um, yeah, it's, it's such, it's such a crazy story or something that has happened in my life that the people around me have told me to share my story, you know, my friends and family. And I've been very hesitant and, scared, nervous, overwhelmed. I can't even um, explain all the emotions. So yeah, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. Um, I believe it's time to share it. So please stay tuned. because I just have been really nervous and I'm not even sure why I guess because I just wanted to go as smooth as possible for you guys to understand my story because it is scattered and I'm really like going to try not to be everywhere (laughs) I literally made an outline and wrote things and notes because I just wanted to go smooth as possible so not only that I never spoke about this publicly what i'm gonna about tell you guys my friends and family they definitely have encouraged me to talk about it and they have actually requested this <laughs> to be on my podcast and here i am i'm finally doing it i have prayed to god to give me the strength to show me sign that's ready to talk about it and he has gone beyond that <laughs> so it's definitely time to talk about the year of 2018. If you guys don't know, and I think I talked about it a little on season one of going through like postpartum depression, losing my brother, grief, and just confused and suicide thoughts. It was just a lot that year. It was a lot, but it, I've grown so much from it. And you never know how much growth has happened until you look back at those memories. And one thing I seek is when I look back at life, especially 2018, God has had my back. He's never been away from me as much as I was going through all that. I always had like some type of hope or some type of relationship with God. And I just want to Oh my goodness, like my my words are lost right now because I just don't even know where to start. So let's just, let me try to get into what I want to say because if not, I don't want to be here for two hours like I have in my last episodes. (laughs) So before I tell you my story, my brother, I do want to say he was by no means perfect. He had a lot of struggles in life, you know, going through teenager phase, you know, doing whatever you want without realizing there's consequences. And I want to remind you guys, he's just like a regular person. Like he 
had flaws. He did sins. And, you know, he ended up in a bad situation. It just pretty much caught up with him. And he ended up being in a bad situation a couple years before his passing. And during that time, I just remember praying for him, you know, for him to find, you know, his way with God. We, okay, let me give you a little quick background, okay? I grew up in a Christian home. I have two wonderful parents, um, three siblings. It's four of us total. I have an older sister, me, my two younger brothers. My mom, you know, it was, she didn't force us to go to church. You know, she did, but she didn't. When we grew older, it was like our decision because obviously we had work, we had our own car, and we would go our separate ways. But no matter what, we always, I feel like we always had God in our heart. You know, she, we enlisted that when we were younger. Even I went through a phase in school where I just thought like I didn't need God. You know, I could do my own thing. Don't need to go to church. I don't need to read the Bible. I don't, okay. Like, I feel like we all go through some phase, you know? And unfortunately, I go back to my brother because I feel like he was in that stage. And I had gone through that. And that's why I was praying for him because I'm like, oh no, because luckily I did get out of, you know, my party phase and sneak out of my house and all that. And I was just praying because, you know, he was going through that. And I was like, God, can you just hopefully get him out? But in 2016, this is initially where it started. My brother had gotten sick in the end of that year. I just remember him telling me that he doesn't feel good. You know, I will tell you guys some symptoms because that does help out, but it's not to scare you guys either, okay? (laughs) I just remember him looking really um, pale. And, you know, he was telling me that he was super tired. He felt really weak. He had random bruises around his body. And I just thought, well, maybe because you're not taking care of yourself, like what I told you guys earlier in the situation he was in. But unfortunately, he was diagnosed with cancer, leukemia, in, I want to say, New Year's Day 2017. And I remember that. I remember before, actually, we finding out that it was cancer, my sister and I were talking, you know, just discussing about the results. We haven't known the results yet. And you know, my sister told me, like, what if it's cancer? Like, you know, we'd gone through a lot that year in 2016. If this is cancer, like, this is it. Like, this, that was like the ice in the cake. Like, I don't want to say what else could happen, but damn, like, that's going to be like our normal, you know? Unfortunately, yes, it was cancer. And I remember it took me a few days to process that he has cancer because. You know, that's my younger brother. He looks so normal. I mean, yeah, he wasn't feeling good, but I didn't think much of it. I just thought, oh, maybe he's like cold or I don't know. I didn't think that it would be that, that diagnosis. You know, I was just thinking like, how, what the heck? Like, what did he do? What happened? How did he get cancer? I was, I just had questions on like, how did your body, I know it's weird to say, but looking back, yeah, it would, I feel like I didn't accept it for like a while. I feel like the time I did accept it was when he started losing his hair. And if you guys know my brother, if you do or do not, um, my brother loved his hair. He just, he would get haircuts all the time. Like that was just his thing. And I remember I went to go visit him and 
first of all, it was really hard visiting him because I just felt like I had to be really strong for him. I never, we never discussed what stage of cancer because he had told me like straightforward, oh, there's no stages in this cancer. You know, it's just like, you just have cancer. I just always accepted what he told me. I never questioned, are you afraid? Are you scared? Are you like, I don't know. It's so weird. But I just, my brother is the type of person. If he tells you one thing, like he doesn't even open up at all. So I'm the type of person, if you don't open up at all, you say something to me, I'm not going to keep pushing on you. I'm not going to keep asking you questions because I already know the type of person you are. That's just me. I respect your boundaries. Anyways, back to him losing hair though. That was when I, I just ended up facing the cancer. I was like, damn, like obviously cancer doesn't cause you to lose hair, but the medication does. And the stuff that he had to go through was just like, damn, like, I don't know how you're handling this. He would not be able to eat some fruits, not be able to eat some vegetables. Um, he was neutropenic. He had like, a obviously leukemia is he had low white blood cell count. So he had to be really cautious. Like I even like talking about COVID last year, wearing a mask. Yeah. That's nothing. Okay. You guys, because my family, I had to wear a mask at times to go visit him because even we had like the sniffles, the sneeze, like it was dangerous. Okay. It was nothing to play around with. And there was times that when I seen him, you know, very sick and I was afraid, but I never, ever, you know, let him see, let him see that side of me because I wanted to be, you know, his older sister and tell him it's okay. Anyways, he was diagnosed with cancer in 2017. There was a moment though, he was in remission and that was great news. You know, he ended up actually going back to his regular life. He would, um, check in with a doctor, get some lab results, get, um, I hope I'm saying this right. Um, spinal taps. Um, that would also help him with his chemotherapy. He ended up going back to work, um, to the gym and he became, like part of like an oil shop and a mechanic. So he was actually, he ended up doing great. You know, he actually came back and I feel like he used that circumstance and opportunity to become a better person and follow God. You know, my brother has, like what I said earlier, we grew up in a Christian family and I feel like we all had a different relationship with God. I have my own personal testimony with God and my brother does too. You know, he was in, he was actually in the worship group at church. I want to say when he was like, since he was like four or five, he would go play the guitar, you know, with the worship team. He ended up playing the drums. He self-taught himself the piano. He was really gifted when it came to music. And he actually went back to the worship group during his um, remission and it was just wonderful to see my brother back in his element, back to just, you can tell like he was really happy, happy to be back home, happy to be around family. It was just amazing to see. And no matter what, he always like, he lived life if he didn't have cancer. He never used cancer as an excuse when it came to, I don't know. I just felt like people didn't know he had cancer. I remember his manager telling me like, I had no idea your brother had cancer until you told me 
he needs to get these days off for, you know, his chemo rounds. And then his manager is like, what? You have cancer? <laughs> You're working like nothing? You know, life felt a little normal at that moment. He was getting better. He was in remission. I actually found out I was pregnant. Um, at that moment when I found out he, I was pregnant, he was actually living with me. It's crazy because I remember him just looking at me like, you're pregnant, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> he was for sure like one of the first persons to know besides my husband, obviously. But yeah, we became really close that time that he had cancer because he ended up living with me and I would take him to his appointments. I would go visit him at the hospital. I would take him like his favorite food because he would have like, what happens when you get chemo, you know, your taste buds are obviously they taste different. Like some things will taste like metal, you know, his taste buds were different. So I just don't like whatever you're craving, like I'll, I'll bring it because I know that's like, I don't know. And it wasn't to like baby him or anything. I just, I wanted him to know, like, it's okay to ask for things too, because he never, my brothers never asked me for things like food or anything like that. And I just felt like I became super close with him the last couple years that he passed away. And I am so happy that God gave me that time with him too. So yeah, things were going back to normal, not to go super sad there. (laughs) And I want to say things, cancer had another, you know, it wasn't done with my brother in 2017, you know, cause obviously the same year, but the end, I'm sorry, the end of 2017 around the holidays, I had noticed something different about my brother. You know, it all started because he came over for a Christmas party. It was like a white elephant party at my house and he was sitting down, he was enjoying himself and whatever, but I noticed he was rubbing his eyes and you know, I sat down next to him, like, what's wrong? Like, is, is it too bright in here? Or like, are you tired or something? He said, no, it's just like my vision's off. I'm, I'm seeing like double vision. I don't know what's going on, but having a headache. And I'm like, well, like, how bad is it? He said, like, to the point where, you know, every six hours time and all, like, I would be dependent on that next hour. And I just remember telling him like, oh, you need to go get that checked out because that's not okay. He said, yeah, well, I'm not too worried. Maybe it was just like, lack of sleep or something. He just made an excuse, but he continued having those headaches. And eventually my mom took him to the ER and they did a, I think like an MRI and they found a tumor, you know, in the back of his um, brain. And I just remember thinking like, well, maybe this is like a benign tumor. Maybe it's like a cyst. I don't know. I honestly didn't think it was, it was cancer. Eventually my brother ended up having surgery you know, to do a biopsy to remove like some of the tissue in that tumor to see if it was cancerous or not. During that time, like that wait period till we found out the results, if it was cancer or not, you know, my brother actually wrote this on his Facebook and I'm going to share it with you guys. This is what he said. 2016 was a very difficult year and my family who I'm proud to love at the end of the day has always been there through every moment. My closest friends and loved ones know what I've been going through. To keep a long story short, this year I got diagnosed with cancer, leukemia to be exact, and I've been battling it with my family. Lord knows that if it wasn't for their support, I don't know where I would be. This past week, I went to the hospital and checked in for some minor headaches, and it turns out that they found a tumor by my brain, which I'm scared to find out if the result is cancerous. 
I only share this because I just want to understand that family is important and that they will be with you every step, even if it's in direction you don't want to go. Again, I wait here for the results and a little nervous, but to my lovely family, I love you. It feels so surreal even reading that, you know, that happened in 2017. Yeah, 17. And I just remember like just thinking like, damn, you're doing so good. And then this just came up. And I remember telling my friends about that too. And one of my friends had said, damn, he's just not getting a break. I mean, I never thought about my brother getting a break because he just held himself so together during that year. And I'm so proud of the way that he held his treatment. He did such a good job. But I think the fact that I felt so surreal was seeing how that tumor affected him. Um, A moment that I can look back on was when he was at work. He had called me to come and pick him up to take him to the hospital because he was just tired of his vision. He said, I need to get checked out. I'm seeing double vision. I keep rubbing my eyes and it's just, it won't go away. So I told him, okay, I'll pick you up right now. So I went, you know, I went to go pick him up and my husband went with me because we went all the way to San Francisco at that time for his cancer treatment. He was eventually seen by his doctor and the doctor did some tests on him and they you know, one of the tests that they did was follow your finger, follow my finger to see, um, you know, where your eyes and like when I was not cooperating, like one went inward and one was actually following that, his finger. And I just remember thinking like, what the hell? Like it was the most scariest thing I've seen because my brother, like it was his body that was doing it. He had no control over his eye. And that's so weird to me. And Eventually, you know, the doctor said, yes, this is a tumor pressing against your brain in that area where it, you know, it controls your vision and they pulled up his tumor. And that's the first time I seen it, you know, from the MRI. And I just remember thinking like, wow, like my brother has that in his head. You know, ultimately he had to go back on his chemo rounds, his treatment, because, you know, the cancer had came back and it's, you know, it was a tumor now. And you know, my brother changed a little after that. I want to say after he found out he had the tumor. You know, before when he first found out he had cancer, I remember we would go visit him and he was, you know, his spirit was high. We would go walk around the hallway of the cancer center and just have fun, mess around. We would make jokes. He knew every nurse. Every nurse knew him because, you know, he stayed there for such a long time. It's crazy because on my weekends, that's where I would be at. I would be at the hospital visiting my brother. I legit neglected my friends. I wasn't interested, like, hanging out with anyone. You know, my brother became literally my priority because he was living with me. Like, that was, he legit became my best friend. You know, those last couple years of his life, which, like I said before, I'm very thankful for that. But unfortunately, you know, like I said, he had to get his cancer treatment again because of the tumor. And I noticed when we went back for, you know, the treatment of that, he wasn't that, like his spirits weren't that high anymore. You know, I can tell that he didn't want to go get his chemo rounds. He wasn't as motivated to get treated. You know, he's like, no, like I can just tell because he invited me and my mom to go to a consultation to see what they can do about this tumor. And, you know, their plan was radiation, 
And, you know, we left the consultation super excited. Like, yeah, we got a treatment plan. We're going to do this. We're going to get transferred to UCSF. I say we are because I went with him. <laughs> and yeah, we just like, we're super excited for him. And he was just like, no, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go back to the hospital. Had like this sad face on him. And I just like, well, why? He said, I'm just getting tired of it. And I said, well, you just have to keep trying. Like, you know, there, there's a way, you know, just have faith and, you know, this and that. He eventually uh, went through uh, the plan, the treatment and everything. But I noticed, like, again, like I said earlier, he just changed after that. When him and I will text back um, to each other while he was at the hospital and I was home, you know, I would randomly text him like, hey, how are you doing? He's just like, I'm fine. I'm like, how are things going? Good. I was like, okay, like, this is weird. Like, you're, you don't act like this, you know? And when I went to go visit him, he's just like very dry and didn't really talk much to me. And yeah, it's just, I can tell like something about him changed and it just, it just sucked, you know, because I never wanted to see my brother depressed or, you know, it just, he has so much hope in him in the beginning. And I just didn't want that to go away. Well, ultimately they did request, um, a bone marrow transplant, um, in his plan. And I don't know if you guys are aware of how bone marrow transplant, or they asked the family members to get tested before they go into that. I don't know. It's like, um, like an entry where they, everybody like is on the web, whatever. I don't know. Don't quote me on what it's called. We eventually got tested. It was just my siblings and I, and of course, I came back match and I remember telling him like, Oh, guess what? Guess who's a match. And you know, he said, who? And I said, I am. And he just, I just remember him staring at my stomach and like, no, you're not going to do this because if you guys remember I was pregnant and at this time I was seven and a half months, you know, as much as I was super excited, I did have to face reality that I might not be able to help him because I was pregnant but that never stopped me. You know, I always tried to give him hope. Like, you know, no, it's fine. Like I heard like you could save your placenta. I heard you could do this and that. Like it's going to be fine. I even spoke to my OBGYN to ask if she could save my placenta, you know, for this possible bone marrow transplant. And she was actually looking into it. <laughs> but yeah, so that was in the air too. You know, that was part of his treatment. But I remember, um, you know, when I spoke to a doctor, is he going to need that? And the doctor had said, no, he's not going to need that until, you know, the cancer gets aggressive. And when they requested um, for us to submit, you know, our, D our saliva and all that stuff and blood. No, ours was blood. My brother, my younger brother was saliva, but ours is blood. I just remember thinking like, wow, like how aggressive is my brother's cancer? But he's not telling us. Like I never asked my brother about, being afraid to die. I never asked if he was prepared. No, that was like never a topic that him and I to speak discuss because I was honestly kind of afraid to ask him. I was afraid of his answer, but we, we did talk about, um, like codes like DNR or what will happen if something happens. I, and he said, because they requested for him to sign that and whatnot, so some of the things, but not much. And yeah, I just, 
I say that because it is important to talk about that with your siblings or your loved ones, because that's one thing I regret not talking to my brother, not talking to him about that. Well, you know, in the end, um, unfortunately, we never made it to the bone marrow transplant because my brother passed away. He passed away a month before I had um, my son. So I never started the process of the bone marrow transplant. All I know is I was a match, which is crazy because him and I became really close the last, you know, few years that he was here. And I just, I just think that's crazy. Um, I am going to be talking about my brother's death and what kind of went down. So this is kind of like traumatic. If you guys uh, don't want to hear this, like skip, like I'm being serious because this is the part where it still hits me like super hard and I'm going to try to be really strong for you guys and not cry or have like sniffles or anything like that. So March 31st, 2018, a day before Easter, my brother passed away and it was very sudden. Um, that week he wasn't feeling good. He ended up, sorry, that's my chair. He went to the ER. Ugh. He ended up going to the ER and ended up actually going to the, okay. Um, yes. So that day, uh, so my brother wasn't feeling good that week. And, you know, I don't know every detail, to be honest, because at that time he wasn't living with me. He was living with my parents, and my younger brother. All I know is he ended up in the ER and was transferred to ICU. I was eight months pregnant at that time, and my mom had called me. It's weird because that day that she had called me, I was actually looking for a address to where my sister's wedding because she was going to get married that week. And I just remember thinking at Kohl's, like I'm looking for a dress at Kohl's, and my mom called me. And you guys, let me just say something. Whenever my mom calls me, like called me when my brother was sick, I was always afraid of this call. And for some reason, I knew this was not a good phone call. I legit like was in the like fitting room and I had to sit down and she's like, you know, your, your brother's in the ICU and that. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, how did this happen? I just felt like so out of the loop, you know, and I just told her, like, I just asked, like, what hospital is he at? And she said, this hospital. So they like, okay, I'm on my way. She's like, no, you're not supposed to come, this and that. Like, you're pregnant. And she was just worried, like, something was going to happen to you. I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to go. So I eventually, you know, went and we arrived at the hospital. And I remember I just, you know, spoke to my husband, like, hold on, I need to go to the bathroom. <sighs> And I went into the bathroom. I just remember like staring at the mirror, like you need to be strong. Like if you're going to see your brother, you have to be strong because something in my body just felt like something's going to happen. You know, I, I remember walking into the unit and they had told me what room he was in. And there was a, there was a cart outside to wear a gown. And I was like, okay, well, it's either I go into the gown or what, I don't even know what was going on. I was like, I don't know if I could go in, if it's isolation Again, if you work in the hospital, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I just had like the urge that I had to see him like now. So I just went in, walked in. And they're like, no, no, no. And I was like, no, I need to go see my brother. And when I had seen him, 
I just remember thinking like, oh no, this, like, he's not here. I was so angry. Like when I seen my brother, I was, I was to the point where I was like, why aren't you guys doing anything to help my brother? You know? And you know, it took a while. Even my mom has talked to me like, you're so mad at that nurse. I'm like, yeah, because she wasn't hurrying up. Okay. Besides that point, I just knew in my body, like my mind, like something like, like, uh, today's the last day I'm going to see my brother. And I knew I had to be strong for my parents, for my child. You know, I know like my parents don't know what like the, the procedure is when it comes to like your stats going low and then him having a code blue. So I had to, you know, be the one that called family members and told them to come and whatnot. So yeah, he ended up coding and the code ended up being a while. And if you guys know, you know, science medical field, what happens is you lose oxygen in your brain. You know, we ended up being that family that was in the ICU room getting the bad news that they don't know what his prognosis will be, um, how he's going to respond waking up. So I just remember sitting down trying to process it. I never, ever like once cried at the hospital. It's crazy. And now that I think back and I heard my mom, one thing that really stuck out to me was my mom had, I don't know if she said this out loud or if she was praying or if she said it to me, but I remember her saying, God, if you're going to take him, take him all the way. Not even a minute later, they called another code on my brother. I remember hearing code blue on his room number and it felt so surreal um, seeing that happen. I was like, well, I don't know what they're doing in there. Like none of us knew what they were doing. I just remember my mom telling me like, tell him to stop, tell him to stop. They're hurting him. And I said, I can't tell them anything. And it's weird. Like I legit had like that memory of me and my brother talking about if something happens to him, what he wants. And I remember him saying that he was going to give my mom the permission. And I legit like held onto her arms and I said, I can't, like you have to tell them I can't but she just didn't have the strength to do it. And I just told her, I can't do it. And she said, they're hurting him. And I was like, I know, but you have to be the person. My mom had to go talk to them or my mom, you know, had to be pretty much the advocate. And it's weird. Cause like after that, I just don't remember much. I just remember, I remember sitting, sitting down next to my sister and, you know, we're in the waiting room and just staring at the door, like waiting to see, and I see my husband walking out and my sister, her fiance, walking out together. And my husband just shook his head and he, it, he just like started punching the door. And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I just were holding him, like holding his arm back. It's like, what's wrong? Talk to me. He said, he's gone. He's gone. It's like in my heart, I knew he was already gone. But actually someone like my husband saying it out loud it, it hit so hard, but after uh, we did have a chance to say our goodbyes, you know, they told us to go in and say our goodbye to him. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't want to go in there, and I just didn't want to go in there and see, like, have that last image of him in my head. That was like my whole like, I like I, I if you guys know, if you lost a loved one, that process is like really hard. And my mom said, no, like, don't worry, we're going to go together. It was me, my sister, and my mom, we all, um, 
we all went to go see him and said our goodbyes, which I'm so happy we did because I don't know if I could I could have gone alone. And my mom, uh, instead of saying her goodbyes, she actually prayed for my brother. It's just weird because her prayer was so powerful. I just remember her praying uh, for my for my brother. You know, she was like saying her goodbye, but she's also telling God to take care of him. And you know, I just felt like like a huge amount of strength overcome my body. Um, you know, I was already trying to be strong for my family, but that type of strength was like a strength that I never felt before. Like I just felt like I had literally like the armor of God on me. And I just remember feeling so strong. Like you can do it, Melissa. Like your brother is happy. And I just felt like some type of peace when my mom was praying. It's really hard to explain, but I guess I didn't feel at that moment, you know, he passed away. I felt like some type of comfort, peace, knowing that A, um, he's not sick anymore. He doesn't have to go through those, his chemo rounds or his chemo treatment. I just like that, all that, that past year just flashed back in my head. Like, you know, he went through so much and now he's sleeping and he's, he's at rest. So, you know, that's like a quick, short summary on how he passed away, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, that week I had nightmares, like cold sweats of hearing the alarms, hearing them call the codes. Um, it was really traumatic how it went down. Um, it was just weird, like weird going home, weird getting in the car without him. That was like a huge thing for me because, you know, I, okay, this is, this is going to sound weird. We were so, like, I was so used to dropping my brother off at the hospital while he got his chemo treatment. So literally in my head, I told myself, no, he's not gone. He's, you know, getting his treatments. And that's what it felt like. It, it was either God preparing me for his his death or me, like, in my mind crazy, you know? And that night um, when I went home before obviously going to sleep, I had prayed to God, but this was the first time in a while that I was not praying for my brother anymore. You know, I had told you guys I actually was praying for my brother before he was diagnosed with cancer and for him to have guidance and direction to be closer to God. And now the fact that he is closer to God, it was so weird to me. It was like, I had a different, legit had a different prayer for my brother. I would pray for what I was thankful and all that stuff, you know, between God and I, and then I would stop and just have a part for my brother. So instead of praying for him, I started praying for strength, like strength that I felt when my mom was praying for him while we were in the room and strength for our family. Like my mom, my dad, give us strength to go through this. You know, I was actually not like, I was never mad at God for doing this. You know, I, I am upset about how it went down, but I was never mad or like, why did you take him? No, it was never like that because I know when I spoke to my brother the last couple of years um, before his passing, I knew he became really close to God. It was, it was so visible, you know, um, you know, they gave us the belongings to us, to my husband and I, and I just remember turning his phone on. And the first thing I seen in his lock screen was the word God. You know, a few weeks went by and 
I wasn't feeling like any type of like emotional, um, like hurt or anything like that. I was actually preparing for my attorney leave when my brother passed away because I came back to work for two, two, for two days because I only had two days and then I would start my bereavement leave. And it was weird because I, you know, I would go to work and I had to call in bereavement and, you know, my coworkers were like, what the heck? Like, why? Like, nobody, mind you, remember when I told you guys that I became very isolated with, like, for my friends and work? Yeah, that's legit what I meant. Nobody in my life knew what was going on besides, like, my family. And when people had found out, um, you know, people were hugging me at work and, you know, whatnot. And I just, I had like no feelings. I was pretty much cold and numb because I didn't even know how to process it. Because they were saying, oh, congratulations, you know, you're going to be on maternity leave. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, but then this is not the type of maternity leave I want to have because I'm healing. Like I'm trying to process what just happened. So it was, that was like a process in general. And yes, I had my son. He was healthy, I think. God for that with everything that happened. Um, my brother's funeral was kind of hard for me because, um, it's like, I was not able to speak at all at his funeral because my parents were worried, like something was going to happen. Cause you know, I was so close to term and, you know, I never, like, I never had that chance because I tried to be strong for my family and I had to be strong for my son. So I believe, you know, after having my son, I, you know, became depressed and was confused about finally accepting my brother that he's not here anymore. And it had hit me really hard because um, I was not able to call him and say, hey, do you want to come see him? Because he wasn't here. And it's just weird because I'm like, I will see his phone number in my phone. It's like, we were just talking and now you're not here. And I can't just like send a photo of my son to you. Like, look, you know, cause he was excited to be uncle. He knew it was a boy before any of us did. I don't know how he just said he had that feeling, <laughs> but I was just so excited to show him, you know, like I'm a mom now, you know, your old shit is a mom. Cause him and I would talk about that. So that's when it really hit me that he's gone. And, you know, I was, I was battling with depression, like postpartum depression. It was, I think I'll probably do another episode on that, um, on how, you know, I came out of it, but I was kind of depressed, confused on how it was so weird. It became like crazy because I didn't know how death worked. It was to a point like, where is he? You know, what happened to him um, and whatnot. So instead of me, you know, I, I didn't take any medications. There's nothing, there's no wrong thing about taking medications. But I, I knew in my heart that I had to look for God. Like I had to go deeper. You know, I had to ask for guidance. I needed help. I needed him to be the one that I can talk to and just help me. So I did, you know, I started praying to God whenever I was in those moments where I would cry, confused about how to be a mom, how to be the control things. And then yet I just lost my brother. So I started praying and prayer is so powerful guys, because the more I pray, the more like I, cause there was a moment that I stopped praying to God. I was just like not interested or nothing. 
And it wasn't because I was mad at God. I just was going through it. And I prayed to God, you know, and I had I had just told him, like, God, continue, give me the strength, continue give me the strength, you know, just to just to not even move on from this, but just continue the strength for me to accept and to learn. So I finally asked God for something that I thought it was like, no way, like this ain't going to happen. And okay, I'll tell you guys. So I remember, obviously I don't remember what night it was, but I remember I was so frustrated um, and mad, you know, the fact that I couldn't text my brother or call him. I prayed to God. I said, look, God, I know my brother is not here to see him, but if there is any way that my brother can see him, please, God, just, just please like let my brother see him. And it was like something in my mind I just wanted. And that that's all I wanted from God. Like I just wanted for my brother to see him and that's it. And then it happened. I want to say a few days after me requesting this, I had a dream. I was at my mom's house and we were all together sitting down like my fam. And I heard my son crying and my mom was carrying him. She was, you know, rocking him, telling him, it's okay, it's okay. And I looked over and I started, you know, looked over at her and she was walking down the stairs at her, you know, the house. And my brother was hugging her. And in my dream, I was so confused. Like, I just remember like, wait, hold on. And the way he looked, I can just tell like that he was visiting because he looked so good, guys. He looked healthy. He looked young. He was dressed up so nice. And there was just this type of like beautiful light around my brother. And I always describe this light. It's so beautiful that you cannot even describe it. I mean, so beautiful, so bright, so pure. And he was just hugging my mom, you know, and I just remember staring at him like, what are you doing here? You know? And he looked down at my son while my mom was holding her, holding him in the arms, her arms, excuse me. And he nodded his head and he stared at me as if he was saying, you did good sister. You did good. And that's when I realized, wait, 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 wait. I was like, don't go, don't go. And I just remember saying, I miss you. I miss you. Come back. Come. Then he shrugged his shoulders like, I'm sorry, I have to go. And he turned around and the light just went with him. And that was it, like my dream. And I just woke up like, no way that just happened. Like, no way did he, did God just give me that gift? I just felt so like, I felt like I did not deserve that at all. I felt like it was a miracle. Like God really allowed my my brother to see my son. And it, just the look that my brother gave me that he was so proud of me. Like you did good sister. Oh, it was, it was just such a beautiful thing. At that moment, I just felt so much peace. Like the overwhelmed of peace knowing that he's okay and he's healthy. He's not in pain. It was just like a warm feeling in my heart and I had to share this. So I shared it with my mom and she now has that in her house. Um, I found someone to paint it or to sketch it out. And yeah, I do plan on sharing it. 
it's an amazing, amazing experience. And I do believe that God answered my prayers. You know, um, the whole couple years before he passed away, I became really close to God. And even while my brother's passing, I just had like a, I would say, honestly, a better relationship with God and understanding why he does things and his promises. And I know it's crazy, you guys. Like, I was never mad at God. I think I was like more how to accept the grief and deal with it. Um, but I was never mad because I knew deep down everything that my brother and I had shared our stories, he was happy to go. Um, and I'm going to share something else with you guys because this isn't the first dream I had many dreams of my brother. I don't know how long after this dream came, but if you guys, um, you know, if you have a family, you guys have heard of the group messages you have with each other. So all of us will be on a group message. And I remember I was laying down and I received a text message from my brother and I opened it and it was in the family group, but he has sent it to me and he had said, Hey Mel, I just want to let you know that I had a chance to come back again, but I was happy to face God again. And when I seen that message, I like literally got from the bed and I ran to my mom and I said, Hey, look, look, he texts me. He texts me. And when I tried looking for the text message, it was gone. And then I woke up, but it felt so real. It felt so real to the point that I was on my phone looking for it. But then I started laughing. Like, are you serious? Like, like this is beyond because if you guys remember, like I got it instantly if you remember, this is why I mentioned in the story, my brother coded twice. So the first time he did leap, but they got him back, you know, obviously because of the CPR and they put him back on a ventilator. But then now I remember what my mom had said and everything. He left like, it's just crazy. Like, that's true. He had a chance to come back, which he did, but he was happy to face God again. And he, and the way that it's just like the way everything, it just, it was so crazy. So I told my mom, um, I want to say like those two dreams were very, like very important and significant after his passing that really helped me heal. I feel like he's definitely has helped me find a better relationship with God. Him and I had like a special bond when it came to worship songs and, you know, just, just talking about the scriptures whenever I had a bad day, he would send me like a verse and vice versa. So it was really good to see like both of us, you know, our relationship grow, you know, within God. So that definitely changed everything. Like feeling, seeing that dream, you know, after that, uh, for a while, I actually did not have any dreams of my brother anymore. And I feel like that was like a goodbye from him. Since then, I never wanted to see my brother come back into my dreams. I know that sounds weird, but I do like, I believe do not disturb the, you know, your loved ones that passed away. They're on the other side. I would never want my brother to come back here and nothing like in my dream, he was always like, okay to go. Like he was happy to go. It's, it just felt that energy, you know, why would he come back to a broken world? You know, he's in heaven where he, there's no pain and there's no brokenness. So it was definitely like, just seeing that and see how, how I felt like he was happy. I never wanted him to come back in a dream and not never, but I was just like very content. Um, so yeah, years have gone by. I want to say, yeah, well, not a year, like a f 
so two years pretty much. And, um, you know, I've, I've been really peace at peace with my brother's death. Um, but it, it does always hit you when obviously like the holidays, you know, he's not here and his birthday or even stuff like that, pretty much celebrations. Yeah. We miss our loved ones. Like, I think that's when it hits the heart. I'm not saying I don't grieve because yes, I do grieve. Like knowing that he's always going to be 21 and I get old, like I'm still getting older. That's like what sucks because he's always going to be that age. He's never going to get married. He's never going to have a kid. He's never going to be in love. You know, that, yes, that still hurts me, you know, but I know his plan was different. I know God had a different plan for him and he's definitely touched many people's lives. You know, I remember at the funeral, I just turned around. I was like, wow, like it's like, it's just crazy. So, you know, I would leave it like that, right? I would, my story would end right there, but it has not ended right there. Um, so the past couple weeks, I'll be honest with you guys, I've been feeling like super down and depressed. Like I am not motivated. You know, I, I, my creativity, I'm not inspired. I'm just like, you know, I felt a very, um, disconnect from God, you know, with last year I was, not going to church. I was not being, you know, very faithful when it came to my relationship, not faithful, but I was not exercising my faith pretty much. And I just felt like a disconnection with him. I made not really a promise, but I tried to make a commitment and have better habits this year. I'm reading the Bible, opening it, um, praying more to God and this and that. But unfortunately I did fail and it only lasted for a month. You know, I have flaws. I was sin. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. So feeling really depressed and, you know, my brother's anniversary, you know, his death anniversary came and I just felt so like, I was so mad at myself because it just reminded me how God was so good to me, but yet I failed him so many times, yet I can't keep a relationship with him. I was distracted with so many things in the world. I wasn't committed. You know, I was distracted social media. I was distracted on other things that was happening around. I wasn't having that as a priority. So I was really like, it's a tug and pull relationship. So then you know, in my heart, like I felt like that. And I would just talk to God and I just felt like some, some depression kicking in. Um, it's weird because then I had a dream, my brother again, and it's been, you know, a couple of years, but this dream had to be like, it was so different guys. I was like at a village or something. Like it was like old school or something like the Roman days, you know, and I had seen my brother. Well, it was only me. It was other people. And we were just confused. Like, what are you doing here? Like, we started saying, like, you're dead. You're not supposed to be here. And my brother was so happy. He was so happy. He just, I want to let you know I'm so happy that I, I'm up there. I'm so happy. I'm with God. I just, I need to spread the word of God. I need to spread it. I'm so happy. And he legit stared at me and said, you can't live this lifestyle anymore. You can't if you want to be with him. And I woke up and I was like, okay that was a wake up call. You know, I, the, I was battling with, you know, not being so committed and practicing and whatnot. So what I did was I started praying to God, you know, I think I started mostly praying 
for God to put people in my life. And it's crazy because that's exactly what he did within like the next day. You know, I had met somebody, um, she knows who she is. Like if she hears this, uh, she goes to the same gym as me and I heard her testimony and I was like, what? Like what? I have no excuse not to be, not to have a relationship with God, like no excuse in the world. You know, her testimony was so beautiful and inspiring. I was just like, I was so mad at myself. And you know, that, like, if that's not a sign, I legit prayed for that the day before and for her and I to talk about it. You know, her and I aren't even that close. I don't even know how it came up, but we just ended up talking about like the word of God. And it was just so beautiful. And I ended up telling her like, you know, you really made me like, you changed my life. And she like, was like, no, I didn't. Like, she's like, don't tell me that. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, you don't know. And obviously she doesn't know because I didn't tell her my prayer and nobody knows that either. <laughs> but that's like the relationship and the personal prayer I had to God. And I'm sharing with you. Prayer is powerful. I just want you guys to remember that. So yeah, I am, I feel way better. You know, I'm praying more. I'm asking for God. I'm, I just, I want a better relationship. And this past weekend, this Easter weekend had to be like one of the best Easter weekends since my brother's passed away. You know, I've been to Good Friday church. I never been there. Like I never been to a Good Friday service, which is crazy. I went to Easter uh, service and it was just like wonderful. I was so happy. I felt so full. You know, I didn't feel so empty inside. I didn't feel like I need to seek something from for other things like material things, you know, um, I am less on social media. I don't like to know about pop drama or any stuff like that. Honestly, that doesn't fulfill me inside. So I feel like I'm changing, you know, in a better way. And not like, I always been like that. I knew I was always different. And one day I will share my personal testimony because I'm telling you power, like the, the power prayer is everything. And one day I will share with you guys my testimony. Um, but as for now, I just feel like I had to share the story anyone that's going through something, anyone that's feeling down, you know, if you, if you just talk to God, he's there, you know, just be real with him. Be honest. Like, God, I need you. God, what's going on? Like, it's our right to cry it out. You know, I've done that. I've been there and he will be there. He will be there to pick you up. I don't want to end this like I'm preaching, but I do want to tell you guys, or I do want to share something with you. And that was the verse that my brother had like everywhere. And that was Jeremiah 29, 11. And the verse goes, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future. That was like his verse. I ever since then, I seen it everywhere. Um, I even have it in my room just to remind me that, you know, God's going to take care of you. He has plans for you, no matter what, if you have cancer, no matter what, if you're going through depression, you know, you're going to get out of it. So that's just, um, if you guys need a scripture to keep you going, I want to also share a few worship songs that him and I, um, always listen to, you know, my brother, like I said, he learned how to play piano by himself. So if I gave him a worship song, he would like play it and he would bring his piano to his room in the hospital. They allowed him to play his piano in the room while he was getting his chemo treatment. So he learned a lot of worship songs. So it's pretty amazing. Um, I'm going to try to talk very slowly on this. So I'm just going to list like three worship songs. Um, one of the songs that him and I listened to was I Surrender by Hillsong Worship. 
you guys have to listen to that song. I surrender. It's so good. Uh, the second song is even if that was actually my song that not really my song, obviously, but that helped me get through like the lowest moments, you know, when I was dealing with grief and loss. And the third song is even when it hurts by Hillsong, even when it hurts. So that's like the number one song. Like I, I dedicated that song to him. I told him about this song and he actually learned how to play it on the piano. I don't know how to sing, so I never sing out loud, but I will have it with him. <laughs> so those three songs, that scripture, I hope it helps. Um, it took me a while to, you know, just have all this, like this story, um, try to go as smooth as possible. That's why I was kind of hesitant on what day to release it because I've been really busy at work. But I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. This is like a side of me you guys don't ever see. I wanted to share like, I'm so glad I shared this. I feel so much better and I hope that I can help somebody um, if they've gone through, you know, grief and loved ones. Um, there has been a lot of things that has happened that I felt like my brother was here, um, especially with this podcast because season two, I knew I was going to talk about him, but I just wasn't sure again what episode. So thank you guys so much. If you have any questions or just want to talk about anything um more worship songs i feel like i am gonna share my playlist i will attach it uh so yeah god bless you guys honestly i pray for um a better week for everyone so take care